0: DraftKings Sportsbook is not only our favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. We love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. Both mine and Taylor's friends have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know, we know, you will too. Listen to this great offer. Taylor, why don't you let them have it? DraftKings Sportsbook is putting
1: you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. It's a lot of site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that's still in contention. There are four of them. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. And don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit
0: and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Once again, THPN. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, by the time people are listening to this episode, there is possibly a chance that the Sabers' new head coach or current head coach potentially may get announced Rumors came out late last week. I believe it was from Darren Dreger who had said that he was surprised that the announcement hasn't been made yet, but that people could potentially expect to have something as early as this week. Hmm. To start off, Taylor, it's got to be Granado, right? Well, it better be. I think at this point, it's
1: clear that they're definitely going to try to do a rebuild within this rebuild. And it makes the most sense to have Granado. Uh, it doesn't look like, I mean, I think if Boudreau was going to happen, it just would have happened already. Now gallant has gone. Pretty much anyone you want is gone. Uh, and what's left is Rick Tockett no. and college coaches. And I'll pass on Rick Tockett. And I just don't really see the point in switching coaches if they're going to rebuild. Because uh, Granado really worked well with some of the younger guys that they might be relying on, like Dalene and Middlestat. Tage to a lesser extent last Ristolainen. year. Ristolainen.
0: No and not Ruostalinen.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say is like one of the one of the two or three guys that actually got worse from Granado. No,
0: there. yeah, Ruostalinen, the good ones.
1: Hell yeah! So R two, R two, excuse me. And you know, just a couple other guys played like Rasmus Asplund, even played pretty well after Granado got there. So that was there's a lot to look at, and and from the Pagula's perspective, it just makes sense because he's already there; they already like him, and he'll probably be cheaper than most coaches, which I know they. Are probably looking into at the moment like they're probably excited by that fact so i would be pretty surprised and disappointed if it's not granado i mean he didn't have a great record like we talked about before but once the losing streak ended like he came in the middle of that it was a mess there was he had to miss like a game like because of a close close contact covid thing but he ended things out with like going nine to and two or nine eleven and two or something like that to close things out and it's like considering they had no eichel traded Taylor Hall and we're starting like Michael Hauser and Dustin Tokarski most of that time. Like that's really good.
0: I agree. I agree. I think at this point there are three coaches that I would be not disappointed with them hiring. You mentioned two of them. One is Bruce Boudreau, but that really does not make sense for what they're trying to do. Don Granado, I think makes the most sense out of any of the candidates at this point. And the only one just to put them out there, just to show some love. Ricard Gronberg, but we know that's not going to happen. If they bring him on as an assistant coach, that would be amazing. That's kind of like the fact that they interviewed him, I think, is like somewhat promising, I guess. And I'm sure that they're just trying to do due diligence. But like if they were considering him for like an assistant role just to get him over to North America, I would be extremely down with that. But I'm with you. I think far and away, the obvious choice here is Granado. It makes too much sense. Like you said, he had. Pretty much did all the things that Ralph Kruger didn't that were holding the team back. He was playing guys with their strengths. He figured out some really good line combinations as well. You had kind of alluded to there, like Asplund and Casey, Roostalainen and Cousins played really well together. He moved Sam to center. You know, he showed that for what they're about to embark on, he is probably the most well-suited candidate for the job. Yeah, we have we have like the firsthand evidence of it right in front of us. So we'll see hopefully by this time uh, tomorrow, while everyone could be listening to this uh, as you're listening now, this will already be announced. I'd be surprised, I would say, if it wasn't announced by the time our Thursday episode rolls around. I'd be very surprised by that, but should be should be interesting because I have to think that that will happen before we get any announcements about any of the big trades that are kind of waiting in the wings at this point.
1: That's right, and if there's a surprise, if they do go with Tockett, I mean, he could come on and do our DraftKings ad reads.
0: There we go, perfect.
1: <laughs> He'd love it. I'm sure. So, he
0: would. I'm sure he would.
1: Uh, elsewhere in the hockey world, you know, there's still hockey going on right now. Have you heard about this?
0: I, I may have heard through the grapevine. Yeah, that uh, there's a couple of teams playing now.
1: There are. Uh, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals happened on Friday. Kind of exciting, I guess, for a one nothing game. I mean, as exciting as Islanders games get. Mm-hmm. So Tampa's back, another cup appearance, three and six years, two in a row. And Montreal, I don't remember if Montreal, no, Montreal hadn't clinched. They clinched on Thursday. So last time we talked, we didn't know who was going to be in the cup. And now we know uh, about this incredibly strange cup.
0: That's very, very strange. Two Sabres division foes with uh, in Montreal and Tampa, like you had said. Tampa, I don't think anybody's really surprised by, but the fact that Montreal took down Vegas to get there, I think is one of the most shocking upsets, maybe in, in at least recent hockey memory for me. I was expecting Vegas to just steamroll them, and it they just did not. I mean, Mark Stone totally did not show up like they needed him to, and goaltending questions. I I mean, you know, Vegas was kind of going back and forth, but it wasn't really their goaltending that held them back. They just weren't scoring in the, in the conference final or the semifinals. Um, So yeah, very surprised by that, but I mean, good for Montreal, I guess. Interesting to have a Canadian team back in the cup. Yeah. It's, has it been since
1: Vancouver? Yeah, I think you would be right. Wow. Well, that'll be important later. I'll have something later on that. Okay. So, it's an interesting thing. Uh, last year, Dallas did what Montreal did this year in beating Colorado in the second round and Vegas in the conference finals, which is interesting. I think both times we assumed one of those teams would make the cup, and we also assumed that – sorry, I, I screwed that up. Sorry, I, I completely screwed that up. Uh, last year, Dallas beat both of them. Montreal this year beat – they played each other, Colorado yeah. and Vegas, and Montreal beat the winner. Uh, obviously, Montreal swept Winnipeg in the second round. so that they So they beat Vegas – just like Dallas did last year, got to an unexpected cup. There are some similarities I see. The thing is with Va- uh, with Dallas was they had made the playoffs. They went to game seven with the eventual champion blues in 2019 in the second round. So they were like, good. I, people knew they were going to be a tough playoff team and they were a top four team in the West last year. So when the shutdown happened, they didn't have to do the play in round, but however, however, they were kind of reliant on their goalie and he was not playing Ben Bishop. They had to, re- you know, relying on a different goalie who got really hot in anton (laughs) kid
0: and
1: then tyler sagan played hurt the entire playoffs so he was like it was like one of their two guys that can score wasn't playing so it was a really surprise run even though i think they're a good team montreal i gotta say i didn't see this coming (laughs) uh i said quite a few times they were the worst team in the playoffs and they kind of were last year they were the 23rd best team in the nhl they were the second worst playoff team
0: i thought they were the last weren't they
1: they were last in the east i think chicago was the worst
0: oh okay that makes sense
1: yeah, look, they were very close, obviously to Buffalo. They were going to play Buffalo the night the NHL shut down, and right, and Buffalo gonna, won that, that game.
0: They decide, yeah,
1: yeah, Buffalo would have been in the playoffs. Mm. So that was a uh, not, you know, not not great for them. But then they got to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, Carey Price is hot. They went around, and it's it's a best of five. Mm. So that's it wasn't too unexpected. And the Penguins haven't really looked great in the playoffs the past few years, but this year beating Toronto, it's like okay, Carey Price got hot beating Winnipeg they kind of just beat Winnipeg and it's like okay well Winnipeg wasn't that good so whatever even though they swept them and they didn't have Shifley and Toronto didn't have Tavares they get to this conference finals NHL semifinals thing and I think it wasn't just Price like they kind of held their own with with Vegas in in an interesting way they really it's got it's got me thinking about their season because I saw their season reframed recently And it makes 10% more sense. Now, they're the 18th best team in the league by points percentage this year while playing in the easiest division. So I'd say they're roughly what they were last year. However, there is a few things. One is that Price playing well, again, is huge. The way he played in the playoffs last year, he's like a 930 goalie. That's not what he was in the regular season at all. It's not what he's been in multiple years in the regular season. So that obviously, that's that's the easiest. That's like the, the shortcut in the NHL playoffs. Just have your goalie play way better, sure. It's not just that though. Like they played with Vegas, that series. And it was this really like seemingly sound defensive structure. And I just, there's all these reminders of like Tampa, Montreal actually started the year pretty well. And like tire, Tyler Toffoli was a big deal. Like that was a big gift for them. And he was really hot to start the year in, in January. And Nick Suzuki taken taking a big step forward this year and he's a really exciting player. And then obviously Cole Caulfield ended up, uh, showing up. So that was, that was huge Mm -hmm. as well. So they, in some ways they're a different team, but they were like pretty good a lot of the year and they had a COVID outbreak like right before Vancouver did. And they were terrible, like for the rest of the season, regular season after that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, they've really turned things on still unexpected. Like still everything I said before still applies, but after they went down three to one to Toronto, they've played like a different team and they've won, I think 11 of 13 games since then they're 11 and two (laughs) in the playoffs. I mean, that's stunning. It's a stunning run. I, I still think they're a pretty bad team to yeah. make the cup, but like with Caulfield Suzuki, that that whole dynamic, they're more exciting. And a lot of the regular season, they played really good hockey in terms of underlying metrics. They they had you know they took more shot attempts than they took on, but Price wasn't any good, and they didn't really have any scoring punch. So now that it seems like Toffoli Caulfield and Suzuki are all on they seem like a different team and with the way their defensive structure is playing it's it's wild it feels like julian's still the coach actually it, it's going to be incredibly weird in the future remember like oh yeah he got fired that year and right I'm right sure the, the, like this current guy like we're not going to remember him i don't think he's going to have much of a career just a hunch
0: i mean if he wins a cup i'm sure that'll be a nice little way to really jump start it
1: yeah people well he'll be remembered at least a little bit if they win right, i have a feeling right. they won't
0: Well, and I think it's also interesting too, because at the same time that Montreal is kind of doing this like run out of nowhere. I mean, this could be potentially Tampa's last stand. I mean, they're going to ultimately be good no matter what, but at least with this kind of core where they have so many guys and they're so deep, like I have a hard time thinking Coleman will be back. Yanni Gord might not be back. Who knows what's going to happen on their blue line. Like they're going to have to make some moves and figure some stuff out in this off season. So this could be kind of the last run for this like super stacked team that they've had. But, yeah, I think you hit on it well. I mean, and they've had pretty key contributions, too. Like, I've just been thinking of, like, Philip Deneau, and, like, he's really lived up to his two-way, you know, high-end center. Um, You know, it's like Ryan oreilly light a little bit.
1: That's a great – I completely forgot about Philip Deneau. Yeah, that's another guy that's played awesome in the playoffs. Deneau was kind of emblematic of, like, what Montreal has been in the last and why they've been successful and, like, why the last three games of Toronto and all of Winnipeg and – the Golden Knights series that teams haven't been able to score on them is because the defensive structure has been so good like it's not having it's not just having like Wiley veterans like Corey Perry and Shea Weber around like that's sure it helps but like what really helps is the structure it's and it's not even just necessarily the blue line by itself like Petrie's good Weber's still pretty good but like just having everyone play like that it just yeah It really does work in the playoffs. It makes things impossible to, you know, it makes it like almost impossible to score, especially when your goal is playing well. And we all know, you know what, penalties just don't really get called in the playoffs like they do in the regular season. So it's really not a bad strategy to go with. I mean, the Islanders have showed us that too.
0: Mm -hmm. No, if I was
1: either of these teams though, obviously I would welcome more scoring punch.
0: So what's your prediction, Taylor? Who do you got? I think Tampa and six. I have the exact same one. That's what I think too. I think Montreal is going to put up a good fight and Carey Price will help them steal a couple games, but I think ultimately Tampa is just too good.
1: I agree. One of the things with uh, with Tampa, they have is, is more more scoring punch than anyone in the league. Like they have the four leading scorers in the playoffs are all them. Kucherov might end up with like close to 40 points in the playoffs and not win. The Con Smythe cuz point could end up with like 15 to 17 goals. However, It's also worth noting that they also have a pretty good blue line. They have a former Norris winner and their goaltender, Andre Veselovsky has the same save percentage as Carey Price. So you have to think they're the favorite by quite a bit. They're the best team in the league. They've proven that these past two years, but that does lead me to something. Uh, I have a a brief quiz. If you want to do that.
0: Sure. Let's do it.
1: All right. So 2011, we were talking about that Uh, Vancouver, the last Canadian team to win the cup. It's also the first, Stephen Stamkos, Victor Hedman, Tampa team to make the playoffs. Obviously, last Canadian
0: team to be in the Cup, right?
1: You know, I didn't watch Game Seven. I just assumed they won, and that's why they were all rioting.
0: Oh my god!
1: Yeah, no, not win the Cup. Go on. Yeah, they won the Cup in '93. I know Vancouver didn't win. Very embarrassing for them. (laughs) They were the last Canadian team to appear in the Cup. Uh, and that was also the first year, Tampa's first run. It's different. It's weird. I don't think it's counted as much because it's only had and in around that team that are still around. And not right. even John Cooper was around then. And they immediately were bad for two more years after that. However, I'm going to count it. It's a Stamcoast. Okay. So since then, they've made the conference finals six of 11 years, which means that I'm going to count this year as the Eastern Conference finals that they just had with oh. the Islanders. Yeah. I know it wasn't, but I'm going to do that because it makes sense to me. Uh, so, six of the 22 participants in the Eastern Conference finals since 2011 have been them. That's more a quarter than the participants. That's crazy. So, basically, I'm looking at who else played in the Eastern Conference finals in this time. Uh, there are four teams that have played multiple times and five teams that played once in that time. Okay. So, I'll give you four cracks at the multiple and then five cracks at the singles.
0: The multiple, Pittsburgh.
1: Pittsburgh has played in three.
0: Washington. No. No? Nope. The Islanders. Yep. uh, And then another team played in multiple. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Trying to think of Eastern Conference teams. <laughs> Hold on. I want to look at the. List of teams really quick. Hmm. Eastern Conference team that has made it to multiple multiple conference finals. It, it, what, what's the time frame you said? Since twenty eleven. Is it Philly?
1: No. So well, I'll save the other two just in case, but so there's you got two of them, you got Pittsburgh and the Islanders. So who do you think did it once? There's five of them.
0: Washington? Yep. Philly? No. What? That's I'm missing something. What year did they make the cup? 2010. Son of a Okay. Um, Carolina?
1: Yes, they made one.
0: All right. Um, Ottawa?
1: They did make one as well, very famously. Um, One more guess on, on these
0: Boston, Jesus Christ. They're the no. double one. They're the two, right?
1: Yeah. They're the double one. That's, Do what
0: a... that's what I meant. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I can't even believe I forgot about them. Um So that means there's another team that made it twice that I'm missing.
1: Actually three times. Boston made it three times. And so did this other team. But don't worry about them. Worry about you have one guest left for one of the ones. Columbus. No. I don't know. So the ones that you missed were New Jersey and Montreal.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And so you said Boston had three. The New York Rangers went three times.
0: Oh my God. See, that's that is completely my bad. I was misjudging then, I guess, my my timelines. Yeah, they were 12, 14,
1: and 15.
0: Well, Jersey, not, my, obviously. not my finest hour.
1: No, it happens. You know, I sprung it on you late. That's okay. Uh, New Jersey, obviously, they went to the Cup in 2012. Montreal, I guess, was 2014. It's a weird conference finals at the Rangers. Yeah. And Boston, yeah. The three years Boston went to the Cup 2011, 13, and 19.
0: Right, right, right. Interesting. Well, that was embarrassing. And I <laughs> sincerely apologize to everybody who listened and to me, just botched that. I was flustered. I, I wasn't expecting a quiz today, and they—they
1: they don't forgive you.
0: I guess so. Jesus, what's well, the off season at least for us? So, <laughs> okay, that I'm not on my best, my tip-top yeah. shape.
1: Well, do you have do you have any takes on these uh, this Eastern Conference Finals or Western Conference Finals? The NBA Finals might be decided. Probably not, though.
0: Um, Actually, definitely not in the East. I'm very surprised by Atlanta. That's. That, that is one take. And then, I mean, it looks like the Suns are going to be able to do it. So the Clippers oh, not having Kawhi definitely sucks, but for them, for them, I mean, yeah, of course. But I, yeah, Atlanta, Trey young man. Holy Jesus. He's good. He is. He's, he is good at the basketball.
1: It's so cool that the basketball Sabres were involved in what seems to be is what seems to be on track to be one of the best NBA drafts in a while, 2018, the basketball Sabres, the Sacramento Kings, had the second pick and took Marvin
0: Bagley. Wait, I thought that the basketball Sabres were the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, man. They both are. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, i i got to think about that. That's tough.
0: Minnesota's eerily similar.
1: <laughs> yeah, they've been bigger losers, though. I guess. They've, they only advanced in the playoffs one time ever. They existed for 30-something years. It's even worse than the Sabres,
0: yeah. Well, congratulations, I guess. It doesn't make me feel better, but
1: yeah, yeah, that's wild though. And an Aton an Bagley, Trey, Jaron Jackson Jr. Luca top five. And they uh, it's yeah. early, but I don't I don't love it for you guys in Sacramento. I don't love it.
0: Yeah, I mean you can already say that pretty confidently, I would say.
1: <laughs> yeah. So as we're recording now. The, uh, the Hawks are up 80-78 in the third, late in the third quarter. So oh, cool. who knows? Could be anyone's Definitely game.
0: Yeah. All right. Do you have any other thoughts about anything? Uh, hmm. I have something, actually. If you're bored on Monday night and uh, are in or around or enjoy being in East Aurora, my band is playing at Misters fundraiser from six to nine uh right across the street from barbill come hang out
1: that's tomorrow, like basically the today that's being recorded
0: yeah well yeah it's like on monday monday the 28th okay yeah so come do that if you're free taylor come see us play we're playing at uh mr good bar on on 716 on july 16th you should you should come
1: i believe i put it in my calendar
0: oh my favorite words (laughs) all right well Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Make sure you're checking out both of those platforms. The Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics on their respective websites as well on your streaming platform of choice as they're putting out incredible podcasts, you know, along with ours that is. And also make sure you are hitting up DraftKings, who is one of the presenters of this show or sponsor, I should say, of this show. Make sure you're using our promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of some great deals there. We will be back with a new episode on Thursday. Like we said, we may have some coaching news by then. Who knows what other news may come up in the meantime, but we either way appreciate all of you so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Savers.